This is the Talking Property Podcast, brought to you by Rewed.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Thank you for listening to Talking Property, the show in which we discuss all aspects of real estate. Now, here is your host, Harvey Deegan, together with our expert commentators, Rob Druitt and Rod Bryan. Thanks for joining us on Talking Property and Rob Druitt and Rod Ryan are with me again and we have got a zipper of a program coming up, haven't we? We certainly do. Some very interesting guests. We do. And we're actually going to go overseas to Charlotte. A long way overseas. That's right. Charlotte, <laughs> North Carolina, just to see what the landscape is like over there. Charlotte, very, very similar in terms of population and certain infrastructure too, both to Perth and a place that you've been to, Rob. I have. I'm re- going to be very interested to hear from our guests how things are in Charlotte, North Carolina now, whether they've changed much in the last 30 years. And Agents Corner will be just around the corner, and that will be with Chris Quinn, who's Burswood Peninsula Real Estate. And I imagine we are going to be talking a fair bit, Rod Ryan, about apartments, because that's what he specialises in over there. Yes, he does. Uh, he's he's taken on a pretty big challenge in what he's done, and obviously he's, he's been you know, quite successful at it as well. So he's been in the business for quite some time, had a break for a while, gone back into that area. I'm keen to listen to what he's got to say. All right, we'll uh, chat to our first guest, Ashley Fields, in just a moment. Well, boys, we go around Australia and now we're going to go around the world because we are going to talk to a real estate agent in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's interesting, if you have a look at the respective populations of Charlotte and Perth, very, very similar, almost to a person. They have similar populations. And I think we might find after we speak to Ashley Fields, who is the man in question, that there are a lot of other similarities in regards to the market at this present point of time. Climate-wise, not so much. Ash, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Well, we're, of course, going through summer. What's it been like winter-wise in North Carolina? I'm not going to lie, mate. It's been pretty cold lately. There's <laughs> the, uh, we do get some sunny days, but right now I'm looking out the window and it's pitch black and I don't really want to go outside, to be honest, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, now you have spent some time in Perth, so you're very familiar with our city, of course. How long were you here? Yeah, I was in Perth for about 12 and a half years, mate. Love Perth. Definitely missed the good coffee as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you, if you look around, you'd probably find a good coffee in Charlotte, but we're happy with ours. I mentioned the comparison between the, the populations. Is that something that you've observed as well? Yeah, I think Perth's right around 2 million-ish or so. I think Charlotte's fairly close. I'm technically in the Charlotte metro area, but just, just outside the main sort of CBD, the main area, so to speak. But uh, yeah, I'd say they're, they're fairly similar in makeup. So what's the situation like at the moment? For example, what would your median house price be in Charlotte in US dollars? Yeah, right now, as of like December 2020, it's right around like 291, yeah, 291k. Yeah. So it's, it's fairly good. And I just on the uh, scale, it's actually increased. It's one, I think it's one of the fastest growing cities in the nation. People definitely want to live here and move here. And just say, like, for example, investors like from California, people actually want to invest here from California, people from the Northeast. So there's definitely a lot of positives about Charlotte as far as price points and 
companies moving their headquarters here and infrastructure and those sorts of things. Now, it's been a long uh, time, Mash, since I was there. It's Rob Druid here. I was there on a real estate exchange, actually, passing through in the early 90s, 1990. Okay. I I don't think real estate's change practices changed a lot the one thing that was the big difference i noticed when i was over there was that uh, the agent commissions were considerably higher i think they were around six or seven percent at the time have they come down or is it still in that sort of region when you're selling a property it's all negotiable on a deal-by-deal basis. So yes. There's not really any real industry rules of thumb. When you see it listing, it'll have the uh, percentage there, but that's always negotiable. You know, then you have your for sale by owners and things like that. Yeah, because of the higher commissions. But the other thing that struck me, which was really interesting in, in the, throughout the States, was the arrangement where you either work for the buyer or for the seller, and generally you mostly have two agents working on a sale. Is that still the situation in the sense that you don't normally deal directly with the buyer as well? You'll often have an agent doing that. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so you can work, you can be a buyer's agent, you can be a seller's agent. And in some cases, you could be a dual agent representing both sides. Yes. But obviously, you have to, have to be full disclosure with that. But yeah, you're definitely correct there. That is the case. So it's really interesting because our system is quite different in that you know, as a selling agent for selling a property, we'll, we will list the property, but we will deal with the buyers direct, write the offers, negotiate the deal, and then the seller pays us a commission. Whereas in the United States, it, there tends to be this view that there's that conflict of interest if you are doing both sides of the transaction. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, to my dear have to disclose up front and with the conflict of interest if you are representing both sides you actually have to get both sides to sign the disclosure and you just have to be really careful what you say and essentially just present the facts to so say you're maintaining that neutrality to both sides. So it's a bit of a fine line. And very different, yeah. So your market is strong, very strong, like ours in Perth. And are you finding that investors are coming back into the market or is it mostly owner-occupiers, people coming, well, where are they coming from? Down uh, north, I suppose, coming down to the Midwest, the yeah. Mid-East, I should say. Our team, Five Pillars with EXP Realty, we deal with everyone, but we have a primary focus on investors. So myself personally, I'm still fairly new to the game, but I've been speaking to people from California and all around the country as well. And I've got, I've got an online presence. And so sometimes people reach out to me and say, hey, what can you tell me about the Charlotte market? So just send them some information, try to get a good idea of what their goals are, what they want to get out of it, and then just take the process from there. But people are definitely looking to North Carolina just because of it's growing, the price points are a lot more affordable than places like New York and California mm. and places like that. So uh, it's got a lot of positives. Yeah, with a median price of you know a bit over three hundred thousand US dollars, that would be very affordable compared with California and, and New York. Now, if you were to sell your property three hundred fifty thousand US dollars, what sort of rental return would the investor get? I'd say inv- most investors they probably wouldn't be buying property that's around like you know the three hundred three hundred k mark. A lot of a lot of people there's different strategies, but they might buy a property that's so might cost 50 70 grand yep <laughs> it's unheard of here yep yep and yeah, then you- I, know. I know and then fix it up i might just flip it straight away put it back on the market yeah so there's a real opportunities for people to invest and develop is it more renovating homes rather than the longer term hold for the rental return yeah, well, there's different kinds of investors. Some of the investors that I've spoken with are more buy and hold. So they just want to, they just want to you know, hold it for years and just fix it up if it needs it and then just hold it, hold on to it for you know, 30 years. Yep. Other people just want to hold on to it for a few months, just flip and just flip it straight away. 
And then there's sometimes it's a combination of both. They want to do it up quite nicely, get everything nice on the inside, and then they'll decide, you know what, I'm going to hold on to it, and then hold, hold on to it for a while until they, they find a better property, and then they just, you know, sell that one, invest that money, invest those proceeds into the, into the next property, which is likely, hopefully going to achieve more cash flow or potentially appreciate more and just increase their portfolio. So they're just kind of staircasing up, so to speak. Ash, we heard a rumour that there's been a change of government over in America <laughs> and that uh, I just wondered whether that would have any effect on your market. In other words, is that is the property market better under Republican parties than the Democrats or whatever? I just wondered. It might be a silly question, but I just wondered whether there's any change that way. Oh, there's no silly questions, mate. Uh, you did hear correctly there was a change of government, so you did, you did see it correctly. You did see it correctly. Not according to Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the jury's still out, mate, according to him. The jury's still out. But yes. uh, even with that transition, the, I don't think the market's really stopped. I think it's just it's just it's just kept going. All the turmoil in the backgrounds, it just yeah. seemed to be a lot of noise. But it's still still quite strong, still very competitive. It's almost like as soon as properties come on the market, their offers are going in. Multiple multiple offers are being put forward. Right. So generally in America, things are fairly you know people. There's a lot of confidence around. Things are good in the property market just in general. I would say so. Yeah. Because if we um, go back here probably, you know, five, six years ago, like things have been pretty ordinary to be quite honest here in Perth. Whereas now, like we're, we're just very busy and it feels like it's going to be busy for quite some time. So it sounds like it's pretty healthy over there as well. Yeah, the property market's definitely going well. Sorry, the COVID hasn't affected it either at all much? As far as the market, I would say no. It's, it's, it's quite unique. Some of the showings, they'll say they might be virtual only. Or when you go into the listings, it'll say practice COVID safe procedures. So Mm -hmm. they might say you need to wear gloves or you have to wear a mask and, you know, don't touch it. Sometimes they'll say the seller seller requests that you not touch anything, Mm. sanitize your hands, things like that. I was just going to say one thing that I found quite interesting with the houses and things like that. They don't really have like a little lockbox on the house. Yeah. Sometimes you can just get the combination from the agents. So I'd never really heard of that in Paris. So that was quite new to me. Well, we had it here, a multi-listing service, but that was 30 years ago. <laughs> so not much has changed okay, because that was right. the same when I was yeah, in the yeah. States 30 years ago. The same thing. Hey, Ash, I want to get back to these 50 and 70,000 US dollar houses. Tell us about those. What do you get for that? Or is it, uh, is oh, it a sort of, lot of work? Just sort of, yeah. I've been partially done one myself yeah so some of that could be even cheaper than that and they'll just be just complete just complete just nasty on the inside and like <laughs> might be from like 19 1924 or something along those lines and it's just a full gut so you just go in get the boys in there you know new plumbing new electrical yep and but what investors do they're, they're not really emotionally attached like a normal first home buyer they just they'll just run their run their numbers and if it meets their criteria on the other side then they're like yep want to do it then, then just proceed with the work and whether they want to just so if you did one of those to, on if you did one of those to flip you buy it for 50,000 US what would you need to spend 50 to get it into a reasonable state or more it would depend I mean you might have to, you might only have to put in like 10 or 20 grand it might just be some cosmetic things like just, just redo the flooring bit of paint bit of landscape out the front make it look increase that curb appeal or 
it might be a full gut. So you're just you're taking everything out. So you're doing the like actual plumbing, floors, and it's just you just gotta start completely over. It's take it out of the studs, so to speak, and do that. Ash, just before we let you go, what industries and uh, should we say attractions are there in Charlotte, North Carolina that would encourage people from elsewhere in the states and uh, if uh, possibly even from overseas to look at Charlotte as a place to live or a place to invest? A lot of banking in Charlotte. There's like Wells Fargo. So that's a big one. A lot of technology moving into the area as well. And I have the footy there as well. So you have the Carolina Panthers. There's <laughs> all the stuff with uh, racing and the NASCAR. So it's not quite the V8. You have the main the airport there as well. So there's just lots going on. Lot, lots of attractive points for it as a market. Well, very, very interesting discussion that we've had, Ash. We do thank you very much, mate, for your time on Talking Property and all the best for the future in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thanks, Ash. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> See you, mate. Are you looking to buy, sell, rent or find an agent in WA? For all your property needs, visit rewa.com, the home of WA Real Estate. rewa.com can help you find your next home with all the latest properties right at your fingertips. For all your property needs, visit rewa.com, the home of WA Real Estate. To find the right local agent, use rewa.com Agent Finder to search and compare real estate agents in WA. For all your property needs, rewa.com. We at Talking Property are indebted to rewa.com, our major supporters. Agents Corner, we're not going too far away from home, but we're going to a fantastic location right near the new stadium. I suppose that we can still call it the new stadium, can we, boys? Absolutely. I suppose. Yes. And uh, Crown Casino to speak with Chris Quinn, Principal of Burswood Peninsula Real Estate. Welcome to Talking Property, Chris. Thank you very much. That location, what made you choose what was basically a rubbish tip? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should go back about 30-odd years ago. My wife was on the committee at Burswood Casino mm. before it was called Crown. Mm. and she knew this was all coming and she wanted to be part of that area. Yeah, I mean, why would you live on a tip? But it's not a bad tip, actually. <laughs> you know, you've got a, a six-star hotel there, mm. so mm. it can't be too it's bad. It's transformed completely, hasn't it? Just a little bit, yes. Just Very much so. You've been in the game for a long time, but tell us your story in the sense that you left real estate for a while and then decided to come back in. I know, that was stupid, wasn't it? That, well, I don't know, wasn't it? You tell us. <laughs> so you actually retired. You and yeah. Sue retired. Yeah, we retired about 10 years ago. It was Quinn Real Estate. Quinn was Real Estate in Canningville. Was a very mm-hmm. prominent real estate agency. Yes, it's, it, it, it was, is. yeah. And it's still <laughs> trading under that same name. Yes. Had we known we were going to come back into the real estate, we would have kept that name. Mm. Anyway, it's, it's going well, but we decided... So what to, year did you sell that? Ten years ago. It was ten years ago. Yeah, ten yeah. years ago. Because we've been in this business now for seven years. So you came back seven years ago. Yeah. Well, you got a sense of humour because you couldn't have come back at a worse it, time. It was the worst <laughs> time, that's for sure. I mean, I think for six years, we are in negative. We are in, in the red for... <laughs> for six years. Uh-huh. But also selling, you know, Burswood Peninsula, it's predominantly, almost exclusively, not quite, but there's townhouses, though, but it's mostly apartments and apartments have been in the last five, six years That's the right. hardest product to sell. And particularly at Burswood. I mean, yes. we've all lost huge amounts of money. Because I mean, you bought in there too, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. Well, I brought four properties in there 
think the current one Don't is... Don't go by halves, do you? <laughs> the current one is our office, but the one we bought before, we actually lost a million dollars on it. Wow. But a lot of people have done that in there. They've lost a lot of money. So there's been some real challenges in both marketing yeah. and selling property through there and keeping the turnover going. There's six towers in that There's location? six towers. There's two more towers to go. Right. Uh, and what, what's the timeline for that construction? Well, the whole lot's supposed to be finished in 2013. Yes, but a little, so little change a little in the market changed that. Within five years, Tower 6 should be up and running and occupied. But Mervac is still waiting, or we're still waiting on Mervac to give us a date when they're going to start selling. But they've got to sell 50% before they can start building. How's price recovery going in there? From the hiatus of the properties there would have been 2013 probably? Yeah, yeah. And where would you see the prices now compared with 2013? We're still down, yep. but probably the last couple of months we are now starting to pick up a lot of the, the cheaper properties they've now sold. Yep. When I say cheap, I mean we're starting off at, say, 640 you know, for, a, for a cheap property. Mm-hmm. I mean, for 640 you can buy all sorts of houses in the suburbs. You, know, you get better deals. Look, it's a lovely place to live. I mean, you know, we've said, if we left here, where would we go to? I can't think of anywhere else. The convenience uh, is certainly It is very, very ne- nearby, haven't you? The, the, with the casino and mm. Optus Stadium, et cetera. Oh, yeah. yeah that's Transport. But, but Chris, my wife and I went and saw a cricket match going back a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it was a very, very hot day. And we walked from the casino through to the stadium. Yep. And there was all these families just along the side of the river there and black swans. And it was absolutely glorious. Absolutely wonderful place. It really, I know it used to be a rubbish tip, as you said. <laughs> but I tell you, what, it's not a rubbish tip anymore. It's no. beautiful. Absolutely. Beautiful. No, that's a lot planned for the area. Mm. I mean, over the next five years, there's Burswood Parks Board. There's got a lot of things happening there. Chris, generally speaking, in the overall picture of real estate in Perth, agents cannot get enough properties. What's your situation like? We've got the same problem now. Mm. Uh, Mm. If you go back to early... December, late November, in Burswood, in the Burswood Peninsula, there were 49 properties for sale. In January, we're down to 15. Wow. Hmm. So there's got to be pressure on prices. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We do have a few people dragging the prices down. I mean, those prices only come down if a vendor is prepared to accept it. We're trying to keep the prices up because we've got a vested interest there. Mm. I imagine many of your buyers, correct me if I'm wrong, but many of your buyers surely would be downsizers? Yeah, they are, mm. yeah. It's not uncommon. We got one that moved in today. She's going to rent it for, for six months with the option to buy. And we've had a lot of people who've come from big houses, whether it be Apple Cross or Canningvale or yeah. wherever, and decide to move into an apartment. It's a big project. But so they're renting to try it out. Talking about renting, how's the rental market through there? Is it the same as everywhere else in Perth, I'm sure? It's the same as everywhere else. Nothing available? No. Too much demand? Rents going up? Yeah, rents are going up. We are having major problems getting more stock, like everybody else, whether we stock to rent or whether we stock to sell. Because really the investors haven't been invested in the market, in that micro market too, I would imagine. Has most of your sales in the last seven years, has that been, or six years, been to owner-occupiers? Yeah, most of it's owner-occupiers. It's only been the last couple of months. One settled actually today, which is a, an investor. Mm. But that was at the lower end of the market. That was a, a very small two-by-two two sold for 500000 mm. And what, what rent will they get for that? That will be renting for five fifty a week. That's good. And you probably have 10 applications. Well, 
the actual owners of it, they're renting it back for a couple of months yep. until they find their next property yeah. out your way. Ah, okay. I might be able to help them there. <laughs> yes. But, and this is the issue too, isn't it? We, we're selling properties in our sellers and then going to us, uh, mm, yeah. where are we going? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's no rental available and there's nothing we can buy. It's a very strange market that we're facing at the moment. It's about time the market turned around. It is. It's been five, six, seven years of hard slog and in other parts of Perth it's been even harder. If you look yeah, at the true. western suburbs, they've had 12 years in the wilderness, really. There was a bit of a hiatus in 2013, but it's only now that we're just starting to see those prices in the western suburbs come back to where they were in 2007. Yeah, true. And it's still, it's still moving up. We just had a chap on Talking Property that's said that he sold 20 properties, what, in January, was it? Or, mm. I mean, there's a lot of sales taking place and there's a there lot is. of activity, but it doesn't seem to be dropping off. Like it's it, No. You know, I know I'm fairly busy. I know Rob's busy and Flat it's out. just the way it is. It's good. seems to hold. So where do you see that, that Burswood Peninsula going? from here. Now, there's two more towers to be built. There's other infrastructure to go in. There is. And you see there's obviously going to be some capital growth through there, yeah, starting at a lower base. We, we, there's another roughly 400 units to be built. Tower 6 has got roughly, it's 196 apartments. Tower 7 will be around about 150. And you've got more of the fairways, the ones that go in, in front of the, yes. the golf club, yes. <laughs> the golf course. What it used to be. The fairways. So would you see people trading from the older towers? trading up to the new? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was quite a few people put down deposits on Tower 6. They did this about two, three years ago. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that it's taken so long for them to get out off the market. A lot of those have pulled out, but they've now expressed interest for the And fairways. that's because of market conditions? Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. They've just yeah. delayed the development yeah. because of the market conditions. Because, yeah. you know, prices would have come back from the hiatus of 2013. What sort of percentage would you say the apartment prices had come back? Too much? <laughs> yeah, too, yes, far too much. The actual percentage? Up to 30%, isn't it? Yeah, look, it could be, yeah, for sure. It's certainly 25. And now it's probably recovered... 10, 15 of that and yeah, in the right has, direction. Yeah. Would that be a yeah. fair comment? It has, yeah. Chris, I was an agent in Melbourne before I came over here and an old mate of mine by the name of Glenn Lucas. What he did was that he up and moved into a place called the Docklands. Oh, yeah. And when he went into the Docklands, it was like, what have you done? People in there had paid like 1.6, 1.7 for properties and they had to sell them at 800 and whatever. In a lot of respects, what you're talking about kind of mirrors what he's done in there. That's right. And I tell you what, he's got a wonderful business. He basically owns the Docklands. They even do the marina berths and things like that that are there. And they're involved, I think, a lot with Mervac and that as well over yeah. there. The Docklands, a lot of people sort of knock it, but they continue to do well. He's basically got this contained business that, you know, right. it's, it's just all about him. And that's, I just sort of feel like when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to him. That was sort of what the plan was, yeah. just to specialise in this area. Mm. Yes, it's been a hard slog for, for the last seven years. Yeah. Well, you're coming out of it beautifully now. There'll be people listening to our podcast, Chris, who would be very, very interested. I reckon their ears have pricked up, whether they're investors or people wishing to be owner-occupiers. How do they get in touch with you? They could Google Burswood Peninsula Burswood Real Estate. Burswood Peninsula Real Estate. Mm. Or my mobile number is 0418. 731-700 or the office number is 936-11144 Wonderful. Chris, thanks for joining us on Talking Property. Thank We've you. appreciated your time. Th- thank you very thanks, much. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. 
Okay, boys, so that's another talking property for another day. Did anything you hear from Ashley Fields make you want to go zooming over to <laughs> North Carolina, mm. Rod? Uh, well, I think Rob, I think, just about got the checkbook out there and wanted to buy one of these houses for $70,000. dollars <laughs> I like the and, idea of and, that. And then flip it, as they said. Yeah, it was really interesting to hear what he had to say, very, very much so. Yeah, I reckon it's whetted a few people's appetite seriously for, for getting into the market over there. Although the exchange rates, well, reasonable, I suppose you'd say. Not, not as bad as it has been, not as good as it has been. But uh, you never know. So uh, he might be getting a bit of business, uh, actually, yeah. from uh, from WA. And we spoke, of course, to uh, on the local scene to uh, Chris Quinn. He's got a terrific business going over mm. there in Burswood. Yeah, very interesting. And that's, that's a real micro market. Mm. And they're very much entrenched in there. So certainly the right person to speak to if you've got an apartment or want to buy an apartment or investment in that area of the Burswood Peninsula. Quite fascinating. Mm. Indeed. Uh, well, thanks for joining us on Talking Property this time and hope you'll tune in again very, very soon for our next edition. And uh, you can join us on Facebook. Search for Talking Property Podcast. And our website is at www.talkingproperty.net.au and you can listen to us on several podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Anchor. And do remember, if you want to learn all about the Western Australian property market, you simply go to rewire.com.au for the best available information. Talk to you soon again on Talking Property. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Talking Property with Harvey Deegan, Rob Jewett and Rod Ryan.